friends. Welcome to Nathan for Us, a Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And today we are on to season two, episode two of Nathan for You. This one is called Souvenir Shop slash E-L-A-I-F-F. And uh, this, this was an unexpected episode for me. I kind of forgot what happened and I was chuffed to bits to watch it. How about you? Yeah, it was pretty fun. I think it was a good idea, but I guess we can jump into that a little bit later. Maybe we should start by explaining it. Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of my opinions are based on, like, at least everyone hearing what the idea is if they didn't watch the episode. Of course, yes. Mm-hmm. So we open up. We're in L.A., of course, like we always are on Nathan For You. Nathan tells us that there are over 10 million visitors to Hollywood each year. And, you know, fun fact, Megan and I have been those visitors. I think we've talked about this before, but we went to Hollywood in L.A. basically right before the coronavirus shut everything down. I think we were there like three weeks before you were not allowed to go anywhere anymore. Now, unfortunately, we did not buy any souvenirs. No, we didn't. Which would have been good only to discuss in this episode, but it wouldn't have been good for any other use in our lives. No, not at all. So yeah, Nathan goes on to say that there's tons of souvenir shops in Hollywood with lots of items that are embarrassing to own. And he shows a couple of different items here. So we see a fake Oscar, an I Love Hollywood magnet, and then we see like a cup that has some sculpted breasts that have some bad tan lines that just say Hollywood on them. Is that like a quintessential Hollywood mug? I I was trying to think, like, did we see any shirtless women while we were in Hollywood? No. I mean, I didn't. I do feel like I would remember it for some reason. Like, I don't bump into... Maybe it's because... I guess... Okay. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Let me focus myself. I was going to say that... I would probably remember that happening because it literally never happens to me, like just bumping into a shirtless woman. And then I was going to say, well, wait, I've been in quarantine for a year, (laughs) stuck in a house. So of course I haven't. But that doesn't make a difference. It doesn't change my boob viewing frequency. Yeah, it's just like, is that what Hollywood's known for? Like, I guess, I don't know, there's like a lot of plastic surgery in Hollywood, perhaps is what they're getting at. I don't know. It just seems like an odd choice. How would you feel using that cup in a work meeting? I mean, I simply wouldn't. Actually, it was... (laughs) I feel like, of course, that's the answer. Um, Unless you worked at this souvenir shop (laughs) and it was an inside joke or maybe in the porn industry. I don't know what's, you know, etiquette for their meetings, but I feel like maybe they would find it funny or just be very desensitized to it. But there was actually a discussion in my little household of... A complaint from uh, Connor, who has previously been on the podcast, where he felt like he couldn't use any of our mugs for for his meetings. So we have one that's got a cute little fox on it that says, I think you're foxy. And I, I felt like our mugs were fairly plain in general, but have since been informed that they're too flowery or, you know... They have weird sayings on them, which I feel like they're fine. Or there's animals on them. So we have one with owls. There's one with cats, stuff like that. And I guess he didn't like holding them up in front of the camera, which is, you know, they're not boobs on mugs. There are some (laughs) owls. And he bought the mugs. So I did go through and I bought a bunch of plain mugs, like the ones from David's Tea that are really big. So you can like chug coffee. But they're very plain. They're like black and gold and white. So... Apparently, he feels confident holding those in front of a Zoom meeting. <laughs> I've never once, like, noticed what someone's mug looks like. If someone could have the boob mug, I would have no clue. Totally would go over my head. I just realized that right before we started recording, we were talking about what I was drinking on camera at work today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Synergy. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I have, I bought from Costco one of those giant, like, gallon jugs And when I was downstairs earlier, I just thought I'd fill it with water and bring it up to my office and just leave it on my desk. And in a meeting, I I thought that I had leaned enough off camera to kind of take a sip and not look dramatic drinking it. But my boss, like, stopped the whole meeting to be like, Megan, what is that monstrosity you are drinking out of? And I was like, you know, just trying to stay hydrated. It's important. I don't know. 
Yeah. Maybe you should send him one. I mean, probably. probably. He'd probably love it. So after we go through the boob cup, we learn that location is everything when it comes to a souvenir shop. And we're introduced to John Kim, who is the manager at a souvenir shop called L.A. Fame, which, according to Nathan, has not much to boast about. John tells us that they recently had someone from the band of Mice and Men who had been in the store. Is that something to boast about? Um, probably not. I am familiar with the band of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you as well? Yes, I've heard of them, but they didn't say who from Mice and Men was in the shop. And also, I think it would be notable if they had, like, done something that was lasting at the shop. Like, did the Of Mice and Men individual sign something on the wall that's, like, interesting for people to come see? Did they drop a ton of money? Did they freak out and punch something? Like, was something exciting happening around this person's visit? But it sounds like they just wandered in and out and maybe bought something i don't know why they would need something from a souvenir <laughs> shop but i also don't know why anyone ever needs anything from a souvenir <laughs> shop yes megan and i have been known to frequent a sushi place in toronto that famously had a signature from samuel l jackson on the wall and the sushi shop had like painted around the signature so that they could keep it on the wall so it just looked very funny like every time they repainted there was just like this weird blob with like the samuel l jackson signature yeah i feel like that's a notable experience having a random person visit your shop is not a notable experience nor will nor does it give people a reason to go to your shop because of that yeah i also would have cared more if samuel l jackson went to their shop Yeah, I think I've told you, and maybe we spoke about it on our other podcast, but I have met Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yes. I I definitely want to get into some celebrity stories uh, a little later on. Oh, no. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) We don't, like, do well meeting famous people. If you're famous and you're walking near us, just just turn away. Yeah, all those famous people who listen. All those famous people listening. Like, we get it. You're a fan, but we can't deal with meeting you. (laughs) So we have this conversation uh, between John, Kim, and Nathan. And Nathan asks John why he's wearing a toque inside. And John is very confused by this phrase because, obviously, toque is a very Canadian word for anyone who's listening wondering what in the world is a toque. A toque is a hat or a beanie. And that's what we call them up here in the Great White North. That's not new information. John was trying to be too cool. Be like, oh, I don't know what that is. Like, this is me and my beanie. No, you know what a toque is. I don't know. I think that it's really... Also, if someone says, why are you wearing blank? There's only so many (laughs) options. He was wearing gloves, too, to be fair. And a scarf. Yeah, I always... This was a a chilled man. (laughs) I I always laugh because, like, I do have a handful of friends who live in California, and when they're like, oh, my God, it's so cold. I'm like, you do not know cold. Oh, my God. Yeah, I do not like the cold. No, we live in the wrong place because I think both of us are anti-cold. Yeah, I was trying to brainstorm places that we could move to that would be warm and also the primary language is English because Lord knows that I cannot learn a second language. I barely speak English properly. And, you know, a lot of those kind of land you in America. Yeah. uh, Which I don't know. I I do like, I do like the free healthcare here. So free healthcare is pretty legit. I do like calling them toques. So yeah, I think I'll stay for now. Yes. (laughs) We will deal with the cold for now. The cold never bothered me anyway. Sorry. Wow. Wow. No apologies. Wow, Elsa, what are you doing in here? (laughs) So Nathan comes up with this plan, and he's telling John what they're going to do is attract visitors by making the outside of the shop look like it's a movie set that's always filming. Then they're going to offer tourists a part in the show, or sorry, the movie, where they have to go inside the store and purchase something. And that's their whole part in this film. This is probably one of the more complicated Nathan for you plans. Okay, I wanted you to finish saying the idea so we could discuss, like, because this is, like, pretty much the whole episode, and I do think it's a good idea, but it the amount of resources it takes to keep this going is unbelievable. 
You need like a full film crew or at least like three or four people involved outside. And then you need someone with a camera inside. You need fake actors. So you'd really have to be cashing in. And they didn't say how much money they made from that day, but I really wish they did. Yeah, I would definitely be curious as well. And I kind of want to know like the checks and balances because they had to pay We'll, we'll get into this, but they had to pay the Johnny Depp impersonators because there's multiple of them and the Bill Gates impersonators. So they had to spend a decent amount here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would be interested in finding out which scheme costs the most. And I'm still convinced it'll be the claw. Um, It's possible. I mean, the one where he goes on, uh, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel, right? He goes on a late night show. Mm-hmm. I remember that one cost them like a couple million dollars. <laughs> what? Yeah. For what? I we'll talk about it later. We'll talk yeah. about it when we get there. <laughs> I mean, don't fact check me. I have to like double check. But I remember reading that it, it was very expensive. I have no clue what they could have possibly spent that money on. I thought you were going to say like a couple thousand. I was like, yeah, plane tickets. No, to get him. Millions. Like, to get him on the show. It was expensive. Because it's a different, because it's a different show. Yeah, because it's a different network. I think is the issue. Okay, I didn't realize that you could pay to get on the show. I think you could pay for anything. Why aren't there just random wealthy people paying to get on the show? My gosh, Meg, I don't even want to tell you about how you can pay to win Oscars. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Put on your tinfoil toque, baby. (laughs) I'll take you down that rabbit hole someday. Can tinfoil toque be a segment of ours? <laughs> <laughs> Just like conspiracy theory. You know what? If we if we ever feel the need to have a third podcast, which I kind of really want to now, can we call it tinfoil toque where we just go down Canadian conspiracy theories? Yeah, one of marked. Trademarked. You can't my, do it. <laughs> one of my friends actually has a conspiracy theory that Kira Knightley isn't the age that she says she is, but we can get into that later. I'm so curious what age she claims she is and what age she actually is. I'll gather some more info and we can talk okay. about it. <laughs> okay, catch us on Tinfoil tin Tuke. <laughs> okay, so that's the plan, essentially. Uh, Nathan feels that tourists think irrationally around movie sets. And, and yeah, this is kind of where I feel like we can talk about meeting celebrities because <laughs> Megan and Oof. I... Did have a run-in with a celebrity. It was unexpected when we were in New York City. And it didn't go so good. Okay, I thought it went well. Because <laughs> I didn't think that there was an interaction with the celebrity. I didn't realize until after that we had interacted. Yeah, so we were... Uh, Megan, myself, and our partners. We were at Gotham West Market in New York. And we were at Ample Hills Creamery which I believe is the best ice cream in the whole planet. I don't know if you have other thoughts, but the ice cream is very good. I My favorite ice cream is the ice cream in my house. That's fair. But Ample Hills, very good ice cream. We were standing in line. Um, Colin and myself had ordered, and we went to go like sit at a table, and Megan was... <laughs> Two people behind us. I feel us. very called out. <laughs> it's, and I'm literally in the story only waiting in line for ice cream. So Megan was two people behind us. So Colin and I, you know, we go sit down and we turn around and Colin and I are sitting at this table and he's like, hey, I think that's John Oliver. And I was like, what? I'm like looking and we're like Googling John Oliver on our phones to like, you know, get a picture to like compare if the person in line behind us was John Oliver or not. And then as this is all happening, he's, like, getting ice cream. Megan orders her ice cream, and then she walks past John Oliver and yells to Colin and I, Hey, it's John Oliver! (laughs) But she was standing, like, right next to him. (laughs) Okay, I didn't realize that I was that loud. To be honest, like, in my mind, this happened completely differently, where John Oliver and I make contact. Eye contact. (laughs) I walk away, cool as a cucumber, approaching Kelly and Colin go, yo, that was John Oliver. But I have since been told that I yelled it at them. And apparently when panicked, I do not know how loudly I whisper slash yell. It was incredible. It was so funny. John Oliver immediately left. (laughs) 
we did not get to meet him. (laughs) This could be in our head and maybe he didn't notice and maybe I did whisper and maybe he got his ice cream and walked away because he was going (laughs) somewhere. And why would he not leave after getting his product of choice? I just want to know what he ordered. That's like my main question. That's what I would have asked him. John Oliver, if you're listening, please let me know what your favorite flavor of Ample Hills Creamery ice cream is. I would love to know. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the... Is that the only time we've met? Okay, met is not the right (laughs) word. (laughs) It's an interesting choice. Is that the only time we've seen a celebrity together? I think so. The only other celebrities I've really seen... um, I used to see Drake a lot because my high Mm -hmm. school was right beside Queen's Park here in Toronto, where they Mm -hmm. would film a lot of Degrassi, so we would see him, like, all the time. I saw Catherine O'Hara at Whole Foods one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was there for work, so I couldn't really like, <laughs> you know, be like, oh, sorry, uh, whole body team lead. I need to go say hi to Catherine O'Hara now. So I mean, probably would have been worth it in hindsight. Probably. But, you know, what can you do? Those are the only ones I can think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, like my family works in film. So, you know, I've been on film sets a bunch of times, but like from a young age, my dad has always been like, do not talk to celebrities. Do not embarrass me when you're on set. Never ask for an autograph. That's very embarrassing. Like be polite, leave them alone. <laughs> so I would like, I ch- chatted with, um, on like bring your kid to work day. I went to the set of jumper. So I met like most of the people on the cast. And to be honest, I did meet Samuel L. Jackson, but I mainly hung out with his stunt double and he was really nice and hung out with like the three kids who like showed up for bring your kid to work day. But yeah, I, I haven't really like talked to them, <laughs> talked to the people that are well known. Yeah. It always like amazes me. So I guess I've met some like Canadian celebrities um, who people outside of this country probably aren't familiar with. But I've met um, Max Kerman from the Arkells, and he's a super nice guy. And one of my friends, she had met him with her parents one time. And then, like, six months later, she met – or she wasn't there, but her parents were at some concert, and they saw Max, and they went and said hi to him. And he remembered exactly who they were and remembered their names. Wow. Which is, like, incredible. Yeah, so not not that they need any sort of shout out from us in any way, but their new song is fire. Yeah, go listen to the new Arkell song. They also uh, Max hosts his own podcast, which definitely does not need a plug from us, but it is very good. Yeah, should we get back to the show? Yes, yes. Sorry. So they're gonna set up this fake movie set at the souvenir shop, and John is super on board for this. He thinks it's a pretty good idea ish i mean as much as people think things are good ideas on nathan so nathan sets up the outside so it looks exactly like a movie set and he hires this guy named ronnie rodriguez who's going to be a johnny depp impersonator and then he also hires a worse johnny depp impersonator who's going to be the stand-in for ronnie offhand this little tidbit alone so smart so smart (laughs) so smart nathan so smart Also, do we think that he wanted specifically a Johnny Depp impersonator or he just like looked up impersonators and pulled the first one that he found? I I think it was probably let me just look up impersonators in the area who are free on this day. Yeah. Do we think he pulled him from Craigslist? I think that there are websites with, uh, I mean, we can do a quick Goog. (laughs) (laughs) Quick Google. Just of impersonators? I guess there must be. Yeah, celebrity impersonators in my area. Wow. Are there any good ones around you? I mean, I'm I'm about to Google it. Near me is an option. Top impersonators near me with free quotes. Gig salad. Ooh, I just ate one of those. Richmond Hill. (laughs) What kind of event am I planning? Uh, All events. Oh, no, it's asking me so many questions of this (laughs) fake event. How many guests am I expecting? I don't know. Um, here, entertainers. Leave. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I found some. I found a list. How of the did top, you do this? The top 10. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I finally got a list, but it's like there's one person called that is featured called that hypnotist guy. So, 
it's not going well on my end. Tell me, tell me about, tell me about your, your side of things. So I'm just like looking a quick little glance here. And I'm going to say without actually counting that 60% of these people are Elvis impersonators. (laughs) Whoa, that's fun. I have been to an all Elvis festival oh yeah i have an elvis festival too oh in collingwood go together yeah (laughs) should we go is that where we should go post corona that's the first stop actually the the festival i really want to go to which i think is canceled is the guy fieri one oh my god we have to go to guy fieri because that would be the real dream (laughs) i already have a shirt yeah (laughs) um i dressed up as guy fieri for halloween one time for anyone who is wondering, which is everyone, because no one would know that. But yeah, a lot of Elvis. Um, there's a couple Elton John people, but lots of Elvis. I do think funny. based on the quality of some that I'm seeing, that really anyone could just find a celebrity they vaguely look like <laughs> and sign up for this. Yeah, maybe maybe we won't be hiring an impersonator anytime soon, I think. So we have, with our little setup, we've got the impersonators, we have some chairs set up outside. One of them says director, which is where Nathan will be sitting because he's the one directing this film. And one of them just says Mr. Depp. And then we get like a shot of all of these people who are so excited <laughs> for Johnny Depp. Most of them are talking about, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow. That's that's what people are excited for. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only character anyone mentions that Johnny Depp has played. Yeah. These fake fans, man. So... Now Nathan announces to the crowd, you know, we're shooting a movie. It's with Johnny Depp. It's called The Web. He gives everyone a little bit backstory, but then informs this very excited crowd that they need some extras to come into the store and make a purchase. And there's a lot of eager volunteers. So we see a few people go, but they very quickly walk to the front, grab like one item and leave. So Nathan wants them to start making larger purchases and so an example is he had um, one of the extras walk up to the front where Nathan tells her, oh, here's this basket you asked me to put aside for you. And this is a character that we actually get to meet a little bit. And her name is Carter. And she plays the character Officer Susan in the web. And so Carter pays while she hands Nathan her credit card and kind of whispers like, oh, you're not actually going to charge me, right? And Nathan's like, oh, don't, don't break character and just say thank you. So she says thank you and then gets $87 worth of these <laughs> random like items that she had no intention of buying. So we see Carter outside pulling Nathan aside, asking if she can return the items because she doesn't actually want to keep them. But... um. While Nathan is saying, oh, of course, yeah, we can give you a refund, he lets Carter know that, you know, Johnny was watching and thought that she was a really natural actress and that, you know, he would love to meet her. And so Carter gets excited. They go to meet fake Johnny Depp in a trailer. And he's saying, like, how great she is. And and they're chatting a little bit. And Johnny offers to sign some items for Carter. And the only things Carter has for him to sign are the items from the souvenir shop. So begrudgingly, she gives the items to Johnny and Johnny insists on signing every single one of them. And Nathan has mentioned, you know, you can get them signed, but we can't accept them as a return. And she said, oh, that's fine. How can I say no? And so they keep that sale. Yeah. $80 is so much money to spend on this, too. I feel so bad for Carter. I know. She seems like such a sweet summer child. Yeah, there's this moment where Nathan, like, narrates the scene saying, it was a tense 15 minutes as Ronnie signed everything (laughs) in her basket. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, 15 whole minutes. They show random clips later of him, like, of Ronnie, like, showing her how to play guitar. I'm like, how did you get there? It's so weird. So they kind of cut back and... We see a scene of Nathan telling people and giving them some more character prompts of, you know, you are a very wealthy individual flaunting your riches as you go and purchase a sale to encourage uh, the extras to go in and, and spend a lot. Like one 
one guy goes in and he's holding up one of the fake Oscars and he says, I'm going to give myself an Oscar for being so rich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't write lines like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's so funny. Nathan gives them, like, their motivations and they all just do it, which is, (laughs) I mean, bless their hearts for wanting to be in a movie. But wow, some really gullible tourists here. I don't know. You have this Johnny Depp impersonator. You have his stand-in. I kind of feel like I'd volunteer. I'd be like, this is kind of cool. To, to be fair, like, Ronnie does look like Johnny Depp. Like, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, as discussed, I had to Google what John Oliver looked like when he was standing right behind me. Whereas because... I walked by, made eye contact, and knew immediately that <laughs> under that pulled-down ball cap and hiked-up sweater... I knew it was him. <laughs> yeah, it's my face blindness striking again. I just That's I have true. a hard time telling who people are. But I think that this Johnny Depp impersonator is pretty pretty decent. So I understand yeah. people thinking it was a real movie. Though when Nathan d- describes the plot of the movie as Johnny's a hacker who needs to hack into an asteroid to stop it from hitting Earth, you'd think that they might have some follow-up questions because that plot is... Uh, there are definitely real movies with way worse plots. <laughs> I, I think that plot's a red flag. I don't know. I feel like I'd hear that and be like, yep, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, Megan, you are a very wealthy individual going souvenir shopping. <laughs> and I'd be like, why am I shopping at this store? <laughs> Walk in being like, I'm buying the store. Bring me the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, my favorite part of this whole thing is when Carter goes to buy the stuff and nathan's like officer suzanne how's the investigation going and carter doesn't know how to respond and she's like what am i supposed to say and he's like just say no leads yet and she's just like oh no leads yet like <laughs> so yeah. awkward she was so adorable though i felt really bad for her yeah she was she was very fun i mean hopefully she she wasn't too upset about this but so I mean, she did still get on a TV show. That's the thing. Like they are still making a TV show. That's true. So she they isn't... are all actors on the TV show. So with that in mind, maybe they didn't even have to make a fake movie, The Web, and justify <laughs> it because they made a real TV show called Nathan for You. Fair. Um, I will say, and I'm on everyone's IMDb, of course. And Carter has not been any in anything else. So despite Johnny seeing something in her. You know, it wasn't enough to carry her career forward, unfortunately. I do wonder how many people have actually seen this episode that were on it. Because if they get an email saying, here's the movie, The Web, and they watch it, they're like, okay, this chapter in my life is closed. I have closure on it. I know exactly what happened with that footage. I can't imagine, like, because we see emails of people who had emailed Nathan being like, my family's so excited for this to premiere and like imagine having to show them that the three minute video that we see later yep (laughs) (laughs) okay so that basically ends the beginning segment um nathan says that you know the autographs were fake but the memories were real and unfortunately the johnny depp impersonator has limited availability so he tells john i'm gonna bring you someone different that you can use to draw people in and we're introduced to our friend William, who is in many further episodes, the star of Finding Francis, the season or series finale, I should say. And William is a Bill Gates impersonator. Yeah, William is wild. Or should we call him Bill or William from now on? <sighs> I think William, I can't remember what they call him in Finding Francis. It's been a minute since I saw it. Yeah, so Nathan is like... William, show him a little of your Bill Gates impersonation. And, like, it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He's like, when we started our computers, they were huge. Well, I hope everybody buys Microsoft, continues the business. We can always use it, and we're so grateful that we have accomplished. And I'm like, what? It's just even a real sentence? Yeah, it's just like word salad. He doesn't say anything. Yeah, Yeah, he just like, computers. And he doesn't really look like Bill Gates either. He just is like a vaguely older man who is white with that wears glasses. (laughs) Does not look like Bill Gates. Okay, I pulled up the actual line. 
Oh my gosh, yes. So Nathan says, why don't you give him a little taste of Bill? He says, yes, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, when we started our computers um, back in the 80s, it was huge. And the business, they were huge machines. You know, we started, I started in a garage. (laughs) Nathan's like, okay, I think, yeah, that's enough probably. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's that. So that kind of ends this segment. But this episode is a little special because... This entire saga that we see at the souvenir shop and this movie called The Web, it carries over into section two, which is the East LA International Film Festival. So Nathan comes on and he says it's been weeks since the LA fame stunt that they pulled, and he realized that he may have accidentally committed fraud. So Nathan gets into contact with, of course, you know, one of our favorite characters on the show, the Honorable... Anthony Anthony Filosa, who is the judge from a couple of other episodes in season one. And Anthony says, yeah, you have definitely committed theft and fraud because you didn't actually intend to make that movie. And now your options are that you will either have to refund everyone who bought stuff in the store or you will have to actually make the film. It's so funny when he's like, you're going to have to refund people. Nathan's like, oh. (laughs) his face is just like aghast i just love that anthony is he's just this retired judge and he's just always here for nathan to answer these questions he's given nathan the business he's really nathan Nathan doesn't want nathan doesn't want to hear it he's like no this is definitely fraud (laughs) so good I don't have every law memorized either, but this is very clearly fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Nathan obviously isn't going to refund everyone. Like, come on. What show are we watching? Of course, he's not just going to refund everyone. That would be way too simple. He's like, all right, we're going to take the footage. We're going to edit it into an actual movie. So he starts, like, writing this screenplay to try and take everything that they filmed and get it into some kind of narrative piece that they'll be able to put together. And, of course, Nathan decides that he needs to add a love story in as well. Because, of course, what what's a movie <laughs> without a little romantic spark? Nothing, clearly. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nathan hires a very nice female actress. Her name is Jessie Foudre, according to IMDb. And so Nathan meets up with Jesse, and, you know, they're about to film this scene where they're going to be romantically entangled. And Nathan asks her if she's ever done any on-camera kissing, which she's like, yes. And Nathan's like, oh, okay. And she asks him, has he done any before? And he says, oh, yeah, of course. Totally plays it off, you know? Plays it so cool. So cool. Cool as a cucumber. He's like, it's not like we're kissing. It's like our characters are kissing. Yes. And then when we see them actually film the scene, <laughs> I don't know how to describe this properly. There's a lot of Nathan kiss dodging and Nathan like purposely kind of like making things look really awkward. I feel so bad for Jessie because she is a true professional through all of this. She's able to somehow like be fine with all of this weirdness. But wow, this must have been like one of the worst days of work for her. Yeah, so after saying to her that he has done this before, when they go in for their first kiss, he whispers, I haven't done this before. (laughs) And she says it's okay, but he's like, I don't think we can describe it with enough justice of how awkward it is, but he's like grabbing her face in like really weird places. I don't know. like a good description. Just at like awkward angles. And he's, like, about to kiss her, and so she'll, like, kind of lean in, and then he'll kind of lean back, and she's, like, chasing his lips around (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then we get this little narration from uh, Nathan saying, and as the takes went on, I was having trouble staying in character (laughs) because I was really enjoying the kisses. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so awkward. Yeah, he's, like, saying that well, this is all a voiceover over these, like, super awkward kisses that are not getting better. And the voiceover is, like, our, um, over time, our chemistry became very natural. And I'm like, what? 
It was so funny. Yeah, bless Nathan for being able to do this because, wow, I would not, I don't know how I would be able to live with this kind of footage of me on the internet and on TV forever. Well, I feel like he's like intentionally trying to make it bad. I think it's worse. I mean, it's not, it's not her fault. I don't know. Because it's a joke, it's fine. It's worse for, like, the actors and actresses out there who are, like, actually trying to have, like, a good kiss scene and it looks terrible. Oh, I had a real issue in Triple X. Oh, yes. Remember? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, for anyone who doesn't know, we have another podcast where we talk about action movies uh, called Cool Girls Look at Explosions. And we we in-depth covered the movie Triple X with Vin Diesel And there are some very questionable kiss scenes in that film. Yeah, every time. I guess I can't just say, oh, we were watching Triple X without, like, the (laughs) asterisks of the old action movie with Vin Diesel. But every time they kiss, it was just the worst. I truly hated it. Yeah, I highly recommend you listen to that episode if you want to hear us (laughs) talk about Vin Diesel, I guess. I don't know what else to tell you. We trashed that movie a lot, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time. It's very. It was very fun to record. So we also see that they filmed a couple of scenes with Ronnie, our Johnny Depp impersonator. And after this is all said and done, Nathan shows Anthony Filosa again. And Nathan says, okay, if you show this to people in a courtroom, like they're, they're just going to laugh you right out of there. This is not a film. There's no plot. <laughs> so this is just not going to work. Nathan's, like, august. Yeah. He's he's, like, what do you mean there's a plot? (laughs) There's clearly a plot. He said he would save the world through hacking. (laughs) Yeah, he needs to hack the asteroids, obviously. Mm -hmm. So Anthony says if this is accepted by the show business community and, like, maybe wins an award or something, then then it'll be okay and you won't be sued for fraud. (laughs) So what else are we going to do here? But, of course, Nathan is like, okay, I'm going to send this to some film festivals. So we see him sending it to Sundance. We don't see him sending it explicitly to any other film fests, but I like to think that he sent it to Toronto International Film Festival, of course. Um, And he gets rejected from all of them. So what's Nathan's next step? Obviously, he's going to have to make his own film festival. So that is how the East LA International Film Festival is born. Yeah, so he makes a name, a logo, an entry form, and he submitted the web into the short film category. Yes, so he realizes, you know, if the web wins this award, that would be perfect. But he also is like, okay, we need to pull someone in from show business who's like a big name. So the biggest name that he's able to find is someone who is named Creighton Smith, who was the second script supervisor from the Oscar-winning film Bonnie and Clyde. Are you familiar with the work of Creighton Smith, Meg? I mean, I wish I wish I was, but truly the thing I know him for most is being a judge at Elaf. 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 Yeah, um it's uh, pretty funny. It's definitely interesting. You know, I'm not 100% certain on what the second script supervisor does, but good for Creighton for you know, being super into films. It doesn't look like he's worked too much since 1969, other than Nathan for you. Well, that's that's too bad. Um, But he was a very important character in this uh, TV show, so maybe that's his claim to fame. Yeah. I mean, something else to add to his IMDb, I guess. Mm -hmm. But so... He hires Creighton Smith to be the industry judge at the film festival, and he realizes he needs to find another film to submit as a short so that his film is going to be able to beat it. So Nathan finds a 90-second clip of a man who can fart on command. Yeah, I have nothing to say about this film. Like, there's there's nothing to say about it. It's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, I will say, so in Toronto here, there is an art festival that goes on, like, all night during the fall slash winter called Nuit Blanche, and they do have, like, a lot of these weird kind of, like, short films and stuff that they'll show, and I remember the first year that I went to Nuit Blanche, 
my friends and I were in high school. I think we were like maybe 15 or 16. We walked into some exhibit and it was literally just a video of two dogs having sex on a loop. And that that just reminds me of this man farting video. Like I could 100% see that being a real thing at one of these really artsy festivals. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I did get, so I took art lessons growing up at the Fred Varley Art Gallery on Main Street, Unionville. It's very cute. And they have a they have an exhibit there that's free all the time. And one of the art classes was going in, looking at the exhibit, and trying to copy one of the pieces. And I remember one of the times we went in to see the exhibit, and there was literally just a glass of water on, like, this stand with lights pointing at it. And, like, 10-year-old me was, like, so outraged. I was like, this is not art. What is this doing here? <laughs> Someone forgot their water glass. And I must have thought that I was so funny. But I was like, what on earth? <laughs> you should have gone up and drank it. Oh. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't ruin art. It would have been funny, though. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Probably very stale water, though. Yeah. So he finds this clip, and Nathan's like, all right, perfect. He puts his, f- his film festival on. There's a pretty slim turnout. It looks like only four people showed up from the neighborhood. But Creighton Smith arrives, and we get to watch the amazing film called The Web together at this point in the show. Yeah, so I was going to make a list of notable quotes from the movie. (laughs) And I only wrote down one. And then right after that, I just had to go into way more detail to explain this movie. But my full list is, all right, it's hacking time. (laughs) (laughs) What What else do you need to know? I mean, it's hacking time, baby. So we get this great hip-hop soundtrack bringing us in, getting us pumped up for the web. We see John, the owner of L.A. Fame, who is now apparently an actor in this film, working the cash at L.A. Fame. And Johnny walks in and he says, coming in now on weekends, Kip? He says, I'm a hacker, Mel, not a slacker. The cops are getting suspicious. So apparently Kip, who is played by our Johnny Depp impersonator, um, has an office in the back room of L.A. fame and is using it to hack things. Very general. <laughs> generally, um, He's generally hacking back there. Generally That's all hacking. we know. Yeah. So Kip tells him he should get his own office and stop using his back room. And he says, whatever, grandma. And then he says, all right, it's hacking time. And... So Kip goes about his hacking um, and (laughs) they're like very vague with what they're doing. But Kip then starts talking to Nathan and says, hey, boss, did you see this? Microsoft has been putting microchips into asteroids to control them. It's very dramatic. Mm -hmm. I will say I thought John was a pretty good actor as well. Like I was like, oh, he was he was pretty decent. He didn't seem awkward or anything. He seemed like he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So then we see Officer Suzanne, who is, of course, um, our friend Carter, comes in. And Nathan says, you know, I have your stuff for you. And she says, oh, cool. Thank you. And he asks her, you know, any news on the hacker case? And she says, no leads yet. And pays for her stuff and leaves. So this is kind of the first instance that we see of the footage from the shop being actually used in the movie. Yes. So luckily she gets a starring role in the film. And after she makes her purchase, we cut to our Bill Gates impersonator playing Bill Gates. And while our hacker side know that Bill Gates is using the microchips to control the asteroids, unfortunately on the Bill Gates side, we get this big flashing screen that says danger asteroid microchip malfunction (laughs) and our friend bill gates says oh no what have i done wrong i can't believe this i worked so hard to the to get this computer project going this is unheard of what's going on so do you think that was scripted or do you think that he improved that i really hope that he would just given a loose like theme (laughs) of like you're you're bill gates you're controlling asteroids with microchips it goes wrong say something about it had to be he had to have improved that yes 
We also get some really dramatic music when he says that as well. Like, it suddenly turns, like, very slow and sad. I'm like, oh, is Bill Gates supposed to be our sympathetic character here? I'm not really sure. Yeah. So, now that everyone else has the information that these asteroids are rogue, you know, they're heading straight for Earth. And Nathan says, crap, I have a girlfriend. So he goes and he meets up with the hired actress named Allison. Or she plays Allison in in their movie. And Nathan is playing a man named Richard. Yes. So Nathan says, you know, this is our last chance before the asteroid hits the Earth. They have their very romantic, totally not weird kiss. Jesse does a great job acting around all of this business that's going on. She's a true professional. And we also get some clips of people going to the souvenir shop to panic buy things because they want to buy stuff to remember the earth. Yeah, and then it cuts to Johnny and he hacks harder than he has ever hacked before and he managed to hack into the asteroid and and saves the earth. A happy ending for all of us. Mhm. Cuz wow, what a what an ending it would have been if if that didn't happen. Bill Gates destroyed us all with his asteroids wild. Yeah. Yeah. So Kip, a.k.a. Johnny Depp, has apparently saved the world. And everyone's very happy about it. Yeah. And that kind of ends the web. We see the credits roll with all like 70 customers or however many they had. Um, And Nathan goes up and says, okay, cool. Now next up is our second movie, which is the person who's able to fart on command. (laughs) And they watch that, and our industry judge looks not impressed at all. Once it finishes, Nathan says, please, you know, vote on your award. I really like that he brings the judge over a ballot box for the one ballot. And then the judge puts it in the box, and then Nathan immediately just opens the box sitting right next to him. Yeah, I thought it would be really funny if he did vote for the other movie. But luckily for Nathan... um, He does vote for The Web. Yes, so The Web wins an award. Nathan clearly got, like, an actual award made, which is so fun, so official. Mm -hmm. And And he very generously gives it to John at L.A. Fame to keep forever. I was so happy about that. I'm like, I want to go by L.A. Fame and see if he still has the award. I, I certainly hope so. So, yeah, after... He wins the award. He also says that he really wants to go and tell Jesse the good news. So he sets up a meeting with her. Yes. And this is almost as awkward as the kiss, if that's even possible. <laughs> but Nathan wanted to tell her about the award, and she's really excited about that. But he also wants to reveal that, you know, he told her that he was in character when trying to kiss her, but that might have been a lie. And she's like, oh, that's okay. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Trying to brush it off. And he's like, there might have been a little bit of me in there. And I was just wondering when you did the kiss, like, how much was your character and how much was you? And she's just like, um, what, what do you mean by that? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally just like grab you off the street and try to kiss you or anything. So, you know, I was acting. And of course, Nathan is very let down and upset by this news. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. You know, he's just trying his best. Nathan can't catch a break. Yeah, so there's, like, very somber music, and Nathan starts saying, you know, to share a kiss with another human and feel nothing is a horrible way to live, (laughs) which is rough on poor Jesse. Um, And he said that, as I drove home, I finally understood what it felt like to be a tourist, going somewhere with so much hope and leaving with nothing but a souvenir. And it shows, like, a photo of the two of them on set together. And I was like, ugh. (laughs) So sad. Yeah, so so sad. Yeah, and that's kind of where we end up. Um, We do get, like, a little end scene where we see the Johnny Depp impersonator asking one of the extras if he would kiss his hand, which was pretty funny. Oh, my God, that was so funny. And the guy does. Yeah, he's like, sure. Yeah, it's the guy that they told to play like the super wealthy guy, the super wealthy man, and like he gives himself an Oscar for being super rich. Yeah, and that guy, that guy spent one hundred and seventy dollars on souvenirs. <laughs> 
What a hero, honestly. If a celebrity was like, kiss my hand, I'd be like, um, no, thank you. Yeah, there's no way I would say yes. That's gross. It's just like a very weird move. And I'm not saying that a real celebrity has done it because this is an act. But like, that would be so awkward. Yeah, I don't know. So we do have a lot of stuff to get to with this episode. Oh, okay. So first of all, LA fame. Yes. What do you think? Do you think it's still open? Do you think it's closed? I think it's probably closed. So this is a weird one. I looked it up on Google Maps, and from what I can tell, it doesn't say that they're permanently closed anywhere. So I can't really for certain say that they are open because on, like, the street view and stuff, it kind of looks like they might be closed. Um, And all of the reviews are clearly just Nathan for you people. So there's no, like, real reviews of the shop. And then same thing on Yelp. Like, it's just people being like, oh, I love the Johnny Depp movie that they shop he shot here. So hopefully they're still open, but who's to say? Yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure. Yeah, but I've- you might need to go somewhere else for your souvenir needs, unfortunately. But so we have all of that. We have a lot of people to look up on IMDb. Most importantly, I think, John Kim, our manager from the store. So I was like, there's no way this guy has been in other stuff, right? Like, that'd be so random. Although I guess if you are working at a random souvenir shop, although I think, is was he the owner? He was just the manager. Yeah, because he could have been an aspiring actor, which it sounds like he was. Yeah. Based on it, you bringing him up. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was pretty good. But so I did look him up on IMDb. So he doesn't actually have, like, that much stuff going on, but he is in a 2021 episode of Magnum P.I., the TV show, starring as SWAT number two. Oh, very nice. Maybe we'll have to watch that one episode. (laughs) Support our man, John. Yeah, so excited for him. And then, obviously, I had to look up our friend Ronnie Rodriguez. Yeah, definitely. And he basically works just as random Johnny Depp impersonator people. So he's been in, like, some parody films. Um, and otherwise, he literally just works in kind of random extra extra roles, I guess. Yeah, Nathan did say that they had to get the Bill Gates impersonator because he's so busy. So I wonder if he's, like, booked as an impersonator quite often, which would not be information on IMDb. Yeah, and I will say, like, pictures of him, especially dressed as, like, Jack Sparrow, like, he looks really good. Whoa. So. Like, like good, like, he looks similar to Johnny Depp, or, like, good? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, like, he looks, like, similar to as Johnny Your Depp Your answer does. can be both. <laughs> I am not a big fan of the Pirates. Um, sorry, not not my jam. I think I'm That's more... very upsetting. I think, you know, on the scale of Pirates to Magicians... I, I'm with you on the other side with magicians. Okay, well, that's that. You're you're putting me in a corner. I have to pick <laughs> magician. I was okay, so I do watch like this um, guy who solves puzzles like on YouTube, and he's also like a, he's also a magician. And I was watching one of his videos, and Connor walked by, and he was like, "Oh, you're watching the the magician guy again?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I didn't know that this was a thing." Like, I watched some of his videos. <laughs> You've got a reputation to uphold. Apparently, yeah. Big magician yeah, his guy. Name is, yeah, his name's Chris Ramsey. If anyone out there likes puzzles, uh, it's super fun to watch him solve them. And does he, he does like he does some magic. Yeah, like Rubik's cubes or like what kind of stuff. Oh, no, like, actual... Okay, like, yes, Rubik's Cubes are technically a puzzle, but there's, like, a whole line of, like, standalone puzzles that exist, and there's designated difficulty levels that are, like, standardized. So... Cool. If you're interested. He's very good. <laughs> I I believe he... I would believe you. I know you're, like, the Thank authority you. on puzzles, so... I mean, I don't know about that, but I do like watching people solve puzzles. <laughs> So I also looked up our friend Jesse Fudre, who was, of course, Nathan's love interest. Yeah. And she's been working, like, pretty consistently in sort of random roles. Um, 
no shows that I'm really familiar with. Um, though she was on an episode of CSI in 2014. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, it looks like she's just kind of doing, like, a lot of short films and random, like, indie stuff. But she's still working, so. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She seemed like she kind of knew what she was doing to keep a straight face while Nathan's, like, half kissing, like, your cheek. Yeah. <laughs> to not laugh. Yeah, no, I don't know how she was able she to do that. She could maybe be a good co-host with Nathan because her ability to not laugh is like probably on his level based on that. Oh my God, seriously. That'd be really funny. Um, and then of course, we have to talk about this, but I did look up the web, the short film oh, on yeah. my favorite platform, Letterboxd. For anyone who doesn't know what Letterboxd is, it's essentially this online community that you can join. It's almost like a social media, but just for movies. So if you want to go on Letterboxd and follow me, my handle is at Kelly W and I write reviews for most movies that I watch. So you can see what I'm looking at and what I'm watching. But the, the web is on Letterboxd, so I might have to write a review after this. Um, a lot of them are quotes, people's reviews, but a couple notable reviews that I saw were he saved the world by hacking. Whoever thinks that Edward Snowden deserves to be in prison needs to watch this. Um, almost as good as me farting on command. And oh my god, Fincher wishes. So. Those are some not bad reviews for a three minute movie. Yeah, everyone. Ma made of nothing. <laughs> everyone check out the web on Letterboxd. It has a 4.2 stars and 16 fans. So it's halfway to 32 fans. Very inside baseball. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it for the up. Unless I'm missing yeah. anything. No, I, I don't think so. A very fun scheme. The, A very the, fun scheme, indeed. The whole idea of, like, making the outside look like you're filming a movie, it really reminds me of A Night at the Roxbury, where I can't remember which of the two guys it is, but their whole idea is that there's a club where the outside of the club where you're in line looks like the inside of the club, and the inside of the club looks like the street, so it has, like, street signs and cars and stuff. Oh. I feel like these are, like, you know, spiritually connected somehow. Yeah. My, my favorite Nathan schemes are also normally when he comes up with an idea and then he needs to double back and go through a lot of hoops to make it happen and just like goes to the most extreme. And this is one of those example episodes, which I really appreciate. We have a few more coming up. And yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Otherwise, I think that kind of wraps it up. Good fun yeah, time. On, on our ratings at the end, is this one or is this two different segments? Ooh, that's tough. I think this kind of has to be one full segment. Because I think, I don't know how else we would talk about it. Because you can't really talk about the film festival without talking about what happens in part one. Yeah, that, that does make it difficult. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, we've got a couple weeks at least before we have to really, really think about rating stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Speaking of rating. Rate if, us, please. Yes. <laughs> Online and also use your words. <laughs> yeah, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate five-star reviews. You can write us a little love note if you want or a regular please, note. Please do. <laughs> I mean, you can write a regular one, but, but a love note would just be lovely. <laughs> yeah, you know, we all need a little pick-me-up every once in a while. Um, but yeah. Rate, review, subscribe, check out our other podcasts if you're interested. Cool Girls Look at Explosions. We talk about action movies. Yeah, tell a friend about it. Get them to watch Nathan for you. You know, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Lots of opportunities to, to hang out with us on and off the pod. Yeah, come hang out with us on Clubhouse too. Sometimes we're over yeah. there. We do hang out on Clubhouse a lot. Yes, we're always starting rooms in the club. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Let's quit while we're ahead. <laughs> that's, that's you, man. That's you. This has been Kelly and Megan on your side. <laughs>